the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in True Talk 800 True Talk 800 This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800 My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800 104.1 The Fish KPAM News Talk 860 93.1 El Rey Talk 1640 and 93.9 KPDQ our very own Georgine Rice welcomes you, sings, and leads a breakout lab at Hope for a Broken World. Ignite 2018 is this year's women's conference sponsored by Western Seminary's Women's Center for Ministry. March 3rd at Vancouver Church with all the details at kpdq.com. That's kpdq.com. We've got dear friends in the studio of their own kitchen right now. Longtime KPDQ listener Lee Barfnecht. Leroy Barfnecht and Diana Bown are married. Congratulations to you both. And it only took you 50 years to get to that point as love has indeed reunited two high school sweethearts. And this romance has been, well, 50-odd years in the making. So congratulations to you, Diana, and to you, Lee. It's a great story. Lee is the owner of Westgate Auto Center and Westgate Auto Sales on Wallace Road Northwest in West Salem, which is where I met him in the first place. So let's backtrack to your history. Lee, how was it for you growing up? Uh, I was born in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, and uh, I attended school at Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. I graduated in 1964, and at that time, we didn't want any more to do with milk and cows, and I told Dad I'm going west, because... We had relatives out here at the time, and Dad agreed, and also my mother's mother was here, and Dad says, the whole family will go west. So we moved out in 64. Of course, we got another garage, because that's what we had in Wisconsin. So the family business was? Mechanics. We had garages and pumping gas. And of course, in Wisconsin, everybody does dairy on the side. And so... In 1965, the draft was going strong. I should back up. I should back up to 1964 when I dated Diana. So where did the two of you meet, Lee? And and, uh, she went to Turtle Lake also. She was a sophomore and I was a senior. And uh, I dated her maybe a couple times. And uh, she was a cute sophomore but our relationship didn't really grow t- till a couple years later. After I went in the service in 1965, the draft was after me, and uh, I had a brother-in-law that advised me to go in the Marine Corps and go in the Air Wing. And so I went into the Air Wing, and it was a four-year hitch. And uh, during that four years, I'd periodically take leave, and I'd stop in Wisconsin or come to Oregon. On one of my stops to Wisconsin, I ran into Diana again. I would say 
I ran into her maybe two or three times during that four years. At one time, she came to Oregon uh, and spent two weeks out here while I was on leave. Right and, before you went to Vietnam. And right before Vietnam, which was in 1967. I was there for 13 months during the 67, 68 during the Tet Offensive. I was stationed at Chu Lai working on F-4s. At that time, I told Diana that I was only 20 years old. I wasn't really ready to get married yet. She she was wanting to get married, even before I went overseas. Uh, yeah, God had put him in my heart, and he was going to be my husband someday. <laughs> so you were taking this pretty seriously, Diana, to go from Wisconsin to... Oregon to drop in on him. This, yes. this wasn't just a, a passing trip. No, no. I'd been in love with him probably since I was 16. So what happened after you went into the Marines, Lee? Well, during my time in Vietnam, I didn't I didn't want to. My goal wasn't to get married, and so I told her that I that's not what I want to do. And I had 13 months to do anyway. So I told her that if she feel free to date and uh, to do whatever she needed to, but that that's not in my immediate future. In 1969, I got out of the Marine Corps. Our letters had had kind of subsided. Well, the last six months while I was over there, right? And uh, we we lost contact. I uh, got back to the states then in the fall of 69 and I called her 68 68 yes no 69 68 was it the fall <laughs> Our of 68 first six- argument <laughs> was it 68 it was the fall of 68 fall of 68 yes. right cuz I got out in 69 I stand corrected thank you <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I called her and uh actually I called her mother because I lost her uh, address and phone number her mother didn't want to give me her phone number but I talked her into it. She told me that I didn't write her very nice letters, that her daughter should have had uh, better better uh, letters than what I was writing. But I talked her into the phone number, and as soon as I called her, she was in Illinois, and uh, she had told me that she had gotten engaged and that uh, she was going to get married. And I was home on leave at that time, and I told her, well, I'll fly right out. And we'll talk about that. She said, okay. So at this point, Diana, (laughs) Lee had tracked you down. Yes. And you were already engaged. So were you frustrated? Were you happy to hear from him? Oh, I was very happy to hear from him. Uh, I was, what's the phrase, blown away. Um, Yeah, I was very excited to be able to see him again. I was glad that he had found me and was maybe going to come and get me. So then what happened, Lee? Then I had a, a, a brother-in-law that had also advised me to go in the Marine Corps. He keeps advising me. This time he advised me to tell Diana to fly out to Oregon if she wanted to see me. Uh, his advice wasn't good. And when we talked that, when I called Diana, she figured that if I loved her, that I would fly out to Illinois and get her. Yeah, this goes back to the letters, too, that my mother was referring to, 
that he hadn't been very nice. Because one letter would be, yes, you know, I really care for you. I can't wait to get home. The next one would be, oh, no, you know, I've changed my mind. Uh, I don't really want to get married. And so it was up and down, back and forth. And that was what finally made me say, okay, I'm just going to go on with my life. So when he called my mom, she let him have it, I guess. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> and uh, so when he called, that was that was wonderful. I was so grateful to hear it from him. But the next morning when I got the other phone call saying, no, he changed his mind, how about if I flew out to Oregon instead? That I felt that same feeling of he changed his mind again, and I couldn't do that anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore. So I said, no, I'll stay in stay here and you go on with life. So I still had nine months of service yet to do. I wished her the best in her marriage. I finished my uh, nine months of service. I got out. I came home. I uh, met another woman about three months later and I dated her for about a year. She had three little kids that were two, three, and four and I was like a father to them and they, uh, and th- they needed me and I was committed to her. Two weeks before we were getting married, I got a phone call from Diana wanting me to uh, take her back, that she's getting a divorce. and It was a very bad marriage. Very bad. Although I did get a son. Got a good, yeah. wonderful son out of the yeah, deal. Yeah, he's my pride and joy. But at that time, I was committed to, to my wife then, my first wife, Jody who senses she passed away maybe roughly a year and a half ago. Uh, But I was committed, and I told her I couldn't. So I went on. I married. And through the years, we crossed paths because we had reunions in Wisconsin. I would take Jody then, my first wife, and the kids, and we'd go to Wisconsin to the reunions. In passing, we'd run into Diana and... uh, either a boyfriend or a a husband or a fiancé or whatever, and we introduce each other and we each go our merry way. Uh, And all this time I was still thinking, maybe someday. (laughs) (laughs) In my heart. (laughs) And that maybe someday finally arrived. We're speaking with the newlyweds, Diana Bound and Lee Barfnecht, longtime KPDQ listener and owner of Westgate Auto Center in West Salem. So when we return, more of this wonderful story about love reuniting two high school sweethearts. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and you know what? Uh, I'm a sap for a good romantic love story, and I've got a pretty good one here from a couple of KPDQ listeners. What happens when your maybe someday finally arrives? So we're speaking with Diana Bowen and Lee Barfnecht. And before the break, Lee, you were explaining that right before you married Jody, your first wife, you got the call from Diana after, of course, you had blown her off and let her get married. So how are things at this stage? You're dating Jody, who would become your first wife. 
then you're you're helping to raise a two, three, and four year old at this point, and then out of the blue, you get the call from Diana. How did that make you feel at this stage, right when you're about to walk that aisle? I can't remember if that's the time I let Jody talk to you, or that was later. Later. Uh, I was committed. I was committed after a year of dating, and so there was was nothing I could do. I'd already committed, and it was two weeks we were being married. So I stayed there, and I told Diana to do the best that she could do with her life, and uh, we we parted ways. And I didn't want to interfere with anything. He had those two, three, or those three children that really seemed to love him. Which, by the way, they are wonderful kids. <laughs> he did a wonderful job. So that worked out well. Yes. In a sense, it's almost like Turnabout's fair play. You called her right before she was getting married, so she decided to call you right before you were getting married. Right, yeah. right. It was a shock, though, to hear that he was getting married. I didn't know, so. Uh, what, what has occurred out of the thing, I can see God was in the whole situation. Yes. And... My my wife wasn't a Christian when I met her, my first wife, Jody, And those children, of course, were young, but they all are Christians today. And, of course, Jody passed away uh, as a Christian. So everything, it's like God put me in that situation, and that that's where I was supposed to be at that time. There was a, There was a passage I saw in Proverbs that reminds me of that. The mind of man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. And, and I think that's kind of what happened to me. You think you make your plans and then, you, then God intervenes. <laughs> but what happened then after, uh, oh, after a year, I still had pictures of Diana in my drawer through all those years in Vietnam and uh, in the military. And I wondered about what had happened to her, and I'd, I'd see her periodically at reunions, but a year after uh, Jody had passed, we made a trip to Wisconsin, and I, uh, I did uh, reconnaissance on Diana, because I heard she was living in the area, but I didn't want her to know I was looking just in case she had a husband. I didn't want to interfere. And so I got Jerusha, my daughter, to do the reconnaissance because she has a different last name. And we went online to, and we kind of chased her uh, history around the United States to see where and where she was and where she was now. I moved around a lot. <laughs> and she did have other marriages since then, too. There, So there was another child in the picture, too. And uh, after that, so she has two sons, mm-hmm. and they're how old now? They're 47 and 42. So a lot happens in the, well, I had 45 years of marriage. Well, she had her, her experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, Jerusha, we did the reconnaissance, and we found yeah, where she was living. Your daughter, Jerusha. Yeah, Jerusha, my daughter. You made her do your dirty work for you. <laughs> she did the dirty work. <laughs> and... Uh, we did find her in Wisconsin, sitting in a, like a pavilion at a fair, a restaurant pavilion, I guess you'd call it, at a fair with friends. The day we were going to leave Wisconsin, we, we, I couldn't find her. We were only there for a weekend. and uh, He had gone to three different apartments because he knew the complex that I lived in. And Jerusha went in and asked all three places if anybody knew me. And finally found my apartment, but I wasn't there. 
and and it seems that she was living alone. So that yes. gave me a little more confidence. But we were about ready to leave, and I told Jerusha, let's, my daughter, let's make one more pass by that fair pavilion, because the fair was on there. And that's when we found her there. Then the tension set in whether or not we were going to walk up to her or walk away. Well, we drove 2,000 miles, <laughs> so we had to have answers. Plus, I had other friends there that I saw, but I couldn't walk away. So we went up and we talked with her. And, of course, there was no husband. She was uh, single for 12, 12 years. years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so even though you'd seen each other at reunion from time to time, you, you managed to lose touch yet again. Yes. Again. So, which yeah. required you to have your daughter, Jerusha, do the dirty work and try to find out exactly what was going on with Diana. Correct. Right. Correct. And that, and I invited her. We had a, a going away. We were leaving the next day. We had a going away picnic at a friend's house, and I asked her if she wanted to come to that, and she said, I sure would. <laughs> <laughs> and as, we talked, and uh, we talked. Yeah, as Drew, she was sitting there looking back and forth at the two of us, and she says, oh, oh, this is trouble. <laughs> she could see the connection automatically as we were talking there at the fair, that, yeah, there was definitely a connection still there. And, of course, I, I had a, a, an idea that being she was single, and I'm still working it in Salem, Oregon, that she could come out here because she's single and retired. And we have, and I had a, there was an eclipse going on in August. Why wouldn't you come to Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suggested maybe we should meet partway and just, you know... Uh, Watch the. You didn't want to be eclipse. the one going, making the full effort. <laughs> right. Sat back and did nothing. Yeah, but mm. then he says, "Well, why don't it's going right over my house? Why don't you just come here and and enjoy it together in in Salem?" And I said, "Okay." I wasn't going to let my pride get in the way this time. I want to backtrack a little bit. All right. So even though you'd seen each other in various family situations over the years at your reunions, Diana and Lee, you had led separate lives for so many years in between. So when Lee's daughter, Jerusha, finally was able to track you down, were you flattered or did you kind of feel creeped out and stalked? (laughs) No, I was not stalked at all. I was, he finally decided to come and get me. That was my first reaction. I don't believe it. He's here. He's looked for me. He actually took the time to find me. I was in shock. So was your heart racing? Did you feel like a 16-year-old kid again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So since Lee's daughter, Jerusha, was able to make contact and track you down, what was your impression of her over the years? Oh, of her? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she's, she's a wonderful girl. She's very uplifting and, and forthright and just, she's, vivacious and and she was just so happy to see us that way and i i will never ever forget her for that i've i owe her a lot for doing all that work so lee was jerusha your daughter close with with jody her mom your first wife who passed away yes Mm -hmm. very close but they don't have Strangely enough, they don't have any problem with loving Diana, and they were all pushing me even towards her. Mm-hmm. 
how that yeah. worked. They saw the connection. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, for me, going back, time is something, because when you go back 50 years, it's, it's like you still know the person. It isn't like you're meeting a stranger, even though each has a lot of life experiences, different life experiences, mm-hmm. but you still know the core person. Right. The integrity and the, the love of Christ and all that was still there. That's what I saw in him. And that's what I fell in love with all those years ago. So how long had you lived in this home where Jerusha was able to find you? I'd been there point? three years. Yeah, I'd finally uh, come home from California and was back home in Turtle Lake for three years. And at this point, three years gone when you had moved in, did you ever in your wildest imagination think that this might happen someday? Or were you pretty much ready to settle in Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I was done. I was settled. I was never going to move out of that apartment. I've moved around all my life. And I three years, in fact, when I moved to Turtle Lake, about a year before that was when I finally decided, okay, he's never coming back. I've got to start concentrating on something else. And that's when I became closer to God and got got back into my life with Christ. And uh, because uh, the joy had been gone for so many years, I'd lost my joy. And when I got back to Christ, that joy came back. And it was like a new life, but I was settled. I was calm. I was just ready to live out the rest of my life there in Turtle Lake. Single. Single. <laughs> You're no peaceful. more men. Yes. You, yes. Had, you had thought you'd found your home. Yes, definitely. And then Lee came back into the picture. We're speaking with Lee Barfnecht and Diana Bowne. Their love reunited them after 50 years separate. We're going to hear more from these two high school sweethearts who are now newlyweds next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with a couple of dear friends. We have Diana Bowne and Lee Barfnecht, who met when they were teenagers. Lee had gone off to serve in the Marines in Vietnam, and they went their separate ways. They had their marriages, they had their kids, and they found each other again 50 years after they initially dated. So congratulations on your marriage, Diana and Lee. Thank you. Lee was explaining how he and his daughter trekked out to Wisconsin to try to find you. And there you were, right before they decided to come back to Oregon. And Lee had invited you to come visit Mm -hmm. for the eclipse. So what was going through your head at this point, Diana, all these years later? Oh, I was torn. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was still in shock that he'd taken the time to find me. And, of course, we were on the phone three or four times a day, every day. And when the eclipse came about that he was talking about, it was like we couldn't continue a relationship on the phone. And we wanted to know just how, you know, how deep this really was. So... He invited me out, and I wasn't going to let my pride get in the way this time. And uh, so I, he flew me out here so that I could visit for the eclipse. Was it scary? I mean, I mean, backtrack to the point where he broke it off with you. Then he decided to call you back when you were engaged. 
Then, when he was engaged, you decided to call him back. So all these years later, was it a rush? Was it thrilling? Was it terrifying? Or was it a combination of all these things? Kind of a combination. And, and actually, it was, like I said, I was in shock yet. And it was like I was moving without any... It wasn't me doing the moving. I, I could feel like I was just going in a direction, and I better just keep moving. And I look back now, and I know it was God moving this. Um, I had always, <clears throat> excuse me, had always thought that we were meant to be. <clears throat> and uh, But because of our... Not being together, and and because I let um, life come into my being, and not not waited for him, um, I was felt like this was God saying, "Okay, you've waited long enough. It's time." So I just whatever anybody suggested, I do. I did. <laughs> you were mentioning Diana that that back in the days when the two of you were teenagers, people tended to marry much younger than they do today. Yes. Do you think that that was a good thing, or do you think it had its negative aspects to it relative to people marrying later on in life today on the average? Yeah, I think if it had been differently then, I would have been more willing to wait. I wouldn't have had that ingrained into my mind that and my upbringing was you marry and you have children. That's that's what my goal in life was. And when that didn't happen, that kind of threw me off. So, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. That's quite <clears> all right. Uh, we'll have to let Lee talk for a while. Okay, Lee. So, <laughs> with this sly, boyish grin on your face, at this point, thanks to your daughter, Jerusha, you had tracked all the way back to Wisconsin to try to find your long-lost love, Diana, but it wasn't very successful in your in your early efforts. It took a while to track her down, didn't it? Right, it did. Uh, and I didn't have any. I tried to call, and all of the phone numbers that we got off of the internet, she was already not there. She had moved on in life, so I I was scared to call because I was afraid that the guy would answer the phone. I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so, but anyway, the the other thing, I I was going back there anyway because I had friends. So we went back to see the friends, and I thought, well, this is a good time to look her up anyway. But why I was so compelled to find her again, it's like it's like I'm kind of driven, too, by, by something that I don't explain, and I can't explain. Uh, I... I Looking back, too, I thought, well, maybe it's God in this deal again, too, and that maybe I'm supposed to intervene in another situation here again. And uh, because I was I was uh, intense on finding her, and I don't know why. Of course, I'd lived alone for a year, but I still, I wasn't dating or anything like that, but I had her in my mind, so I was kind of driven to find her. And then once I found her, people wonder how you can marry so fast, too, because we only, it was August, September, it was the end of October, we got married. So you reunited initially in August, when you finally were able to track her down. Yeah. 
And then you got married how soon after? Well, at the end yeah. of October, so that's roughly three months. Well, we got together in July there. Yeah, he roughly found me three on months July 8th. time that everybody counsels you don't do anything in a hurry, which is brings me up to this too. I told her then when we when we need to do some dating, which we did when she came out here. Uh, we had I have separate bedrooms here, and we agreed that that we we wouldn't have any physical contact. Of course, we did kiss, but we wouldn't do, get involved physical because mm-hmm. we wanted a clear head, and we agreed to that. And, and I uh, I had made a a verbal confirmation with God three years in advance of that that I would not have any more physical relations with anyone out of marriage because I felt that that is what had led to my unhappy marriages. My so d- my demise. My demise. <laughs> yes. So yes. In, with that with that going, that was good. That was a good move. So we had great times then. And uh, the other stipulation, I didn't, didn't want to make a mistake. And so we agreed, well, I pushed for it too. But my I wanted to have a, a month's separation just to make sure to be apart again after we'd gotten together. Uh, but it, we didn't wait a month. It was three weeks probably. Yeah. But we wanted time apart just to make sure that our head was straight. Just to make sure it wasn't just Emotion. emotional. Yes. That, that you were in it for the long haul right. and for real. Right. But we still talked on the phone every day. Yes. But we were just separated. But we didn't feel any different being separated. We we both enjoyed doing life together. Yeah. All the interaction we had, going places, doing things, just being together, whether we're watching a Hallmark or going to Costco. Yeah. It was, it was just fun to have companionship for both of us. It seemed the right thing to do. Everything just felt right. And we had that connection with God again. I mean, we I had someone that I could actually pray with. And and uh, talked to about how we felt, and and uh, I'd never had that in any of my other relationships. Um, no, no um, religious connotations whatsoever. No, it's the connection. It's kind of the glue that cements the relationship. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned how important your faith is to you today, Diana. So. Were there any light bulb moments in life or any people who were especially strong in just bringing you closer to the Lord or mentoring you? Oh, yes. Uh, my time in California, I was staying with my son, helping him with his wife with the children. And I got involved with a church there. And the first day I went to church, I sat in a pew with several women and at the end of the service, before I left, they said, we always have lunch after after church. Would you join us today? And those people definitely led me back into the church to begin with. And the pastor's wife at that time was um, led our Bible studies. And uh, she, she was very instrumental in getting me back into the Word and studying verse by verse by verse by verse. And and uh, and a couple close friends that I got involved with there, they were very good sisters in Christ, and uh, that is where I made the discovery of not having any joy anymore, and where the joy was had 
been lost and how to get it back again and my other decisions to live alone and not search anymore just concentrate on my my belief in Christ so simply by loving on you and having good fellowship Absolutely. These, these women at this church in California yes. just really help strengthen your walk with the Lord yes so if any of you out there see a strange person come into the church and don't have anybody to sit with, please approach them and invite them and include them. It's very important for somebody that's alone. These are some great words of wisdom from Diana Bound and her new husband, Lee Barfneck. Yay! Found at last <laughs> their romance 50 years in the making. And we'll hear more from Lee and Diana next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And with Valentine's Day in season, I thought it'd be great to have a very unique love story. And in this case, our very special guests are Diana Bown and Lee Barfneck, longtime KPDQ listeners. And 50 years in the making, they found each other again at last. After meeting and dating... In their teen years, and Lee going off to Vietnam to serve in the Marines, they both had gone after each other. Lee was deciding to go back after Diana. Of course, she was engaged at that point. And then when Lee was engaged to get married, Diana went back after Lee and decided to move on and keep in touch over the years from time to time, although they had lost touch. Thanks to Lee's daughter, Jerusha, they took the long haul from Oregon all the way back to Wisconsin to eventually track down the love of his teen years, Diana Bound. And Diana had shared about having a couple of sons and really getting to know the Lord deeply in California when you were embraced by people in your son's church. Did I get that right? It wasn't my son's church, but it was the church right outside where he lived. I'd driven by that church for two years and never stopped in until one day I said, okay, this is it. I'm called to go in there. So what did the people of this church, the women in particular, do that really touched your heart? They invited me to lunch that day. I had never met them in, before, and uh, they shook my hand and found out that I was new and uh, just invited me to have lunch with them. They always had a group that went every Sunday after church. And uh, so I got to know them, and uh, they just welcomed me and got me involved in a Bible study, and and uh, it was it was what started me back on my uh, quest for Christ again, because I was a Christian. I became a Christian when I was eight years old, but had really lost touch. So that that is what brought me back to church and got me started on my quest for peace and joy again. And you thought you'd pretty much found it when you eventually moved back to Wisconsin, right? Yes. I decided it was time to move back. I wanted to get back to my roots, and uh, I'd found Christ again, and I wanted to find out who I was way back when, because I'd lost myself. So now you, you'd found yourself back in Christ, back mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, when all of a sudden, out of the blue... Lee comes a-knocking. So how did that make your heart feel? Oh. Did, you, did you, in your wildest dreams, expect 
that day to come? No, I had given up on that. Um, I'd always wanted and thought maybe someday, but um, before I left California, I'd kind of given that up. So he really shocked me. (laughs) His daughter, Jerusha, said that the look on my face when they came up was just sheer joy. I was very happy to see him. Yeah, but not at first. You took about three takes before you recognized me. (laughs) Of all the 50 years that I'd seen him off and on at these reunions and that sort of thing, I'd always recognized him. And this day, I saw this man looking at me and coming towards me, and I had to take three looks trying to figure out, why is he looking at me? And I leaned over to my friend next to me and said, who's that guy that keeps looking at me? And then they came around, and he spoke to me, and right away, of course, I knew who it was. But after all those years of knowing who he was and recognizing that one day I didn't know him. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) So how far apart were your last two encounters? Like you'd seen each other and your respective families over the years at these reunions, I but at this point you didn't recognize him. I think no. that '98, that picture we have. Uh, no, I had seen you the year before I moved back to Turtle Lake at oh. the fair. I had my you granddaughters that, there, yeah, and I went over and spoke to you, and that was the time that you didn't recognize me, and he doesn't remember that. But I heard him say to his friend after I was walking away, who was that? And his friend said, well, that's Diana Bowne. And then, of course, I continued walking on. So he, you know, he didn't recognize me then. And then three, a little over three years later, I didn't recognize him. So So just like previously when he decided to call on you when you were already engaged mm-hmm. and you decided to call on him right before he was about to get married it's almost as if yet again turnabout is fair play because you didn't recognize each other at, at these last couple of encounters yeah that's that's an interesting point i hadn't thought of that mm-hmm. but you made up for some lost time very quickly getting married after that so congratulations thank you and how's the move been for you diana leaving wisconsin yet again, to come out to Oregon? Well, um, it's been wonderful. Uh, At first it was very, um, uh, what is the word? Uh, Anyway, I I was thrown. I just didn't, I had to keep putting one foot in front of the other because I just, well, you were just comfortable to, in Wisconsin. Well. Yes, I was, and I was really, this was just a leap of faith because I had to go and visit my son with his daughters uh, for a few weeks. And then from there, I flew to Wisconsin, and I had to sell all my belongings and, and you know, get everything set up there and talk to relatives and my family and see how they <laughs> felt about everything. And So how do... Your kids on both sides feel about you getting together all these years later. Oh, they're all very, very happy. My oldest son, especially, he, he's just overjoyed that, you know, I've found somebody after all that. He was kind of a handful <laughs> when he was a teenager. So he says, after all that I've put him or all he's put me through, he's so happy that I found somebody and found the love of my life that I hadn't seen for so many years. And... and 
Lee's family. Good, yeah, they, Lee's well, family. They took to her right away. So. They have welcomed me with open arms and just been wonderful. And all his friends. I think I probably met 300 people since I met him, been here. She stops at the shop. She meets people. Yeah, yeah. So well, everybody's You get a lot of people me. coming in in and out of Westgate Auto Center. So it's, it's almost like you're the queen of the singing mechanic. Yes, yeah. I, I kind of fell right into a very wonderful family and friends. And yeah, I've become a queen. <laughs> so... Do you have any uh, musical inclinations like Lee and Jerusha? Oh, I always have loved music. I, I loved music in, in high school. I was in choir and band. But over the years, I've lost track of that. I kind of gave up on that, too. That was one of those things I gave up in life that I didn't have anything to sing about. So I'm kind of working on getting my voice back again. <laughs> Well, we're planning on another CD. Yeah, he wants to do it. And she does really good harmony. And uh, it's been, I think, 11 years since the last CD. And we have a lot of life experiences now to write about. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jerusha has a singing husband. So there's four of us. And he wants to make a CD. So I guess that's what we're going to do. Again, you can tour together. We can tour. Tour together. <laughs> well, we we did take the motor home to Wisconsin. <laughs> we were we said we were going to write two CDs on our trip to Wisconsin. No big deal. Twenty songs on each one. I think we got a half a song written. <laughs> well, but between the two of you and your separate lies, before reuniting 50 years later, I'm sure you've got a wealth of stories and wisdom to share with the world. You've got to put it to some tunes. Right, and I saw one name of a song just this morning that I showed him on one of his business cards that he'd written on the back. And I said, that's my life. You've got to write a story about that song. And I can't remember now what it was. It's, it's laying here, but we'll get that one in there, too. So, Lee, when did your faith become your own? Did you grow up in a church-going family? Oh, yes. I was raised, uh, I was raised Lutheran, and I was confirmed. I think you get confirmed at around 13, and mm-hmm. I... Uh, I remember crying on my confirmation and making commitments to God, and it was really exciting. And then, I think that's like being born again at that time, but then I had a real big, uh, another change in life about maybe 30 years ago. It was after I got out of the service, and uh, I think I was having marital problems a little bit, and somebody... Uh, gave me a tape, and it was called, it was a John MacArthur tape, and it said Perfect Love. He gave me two tapes, actually, Perfect Love and Divorce and Remarriage. Uh, My wife handed me those, and she says, here, listen to this. Uh, Richard said you should listen to this. Well, that, that, because some male said that I should listen to it, I took them and I pitched them over in the corner, and I said, I don't need that. Uh, it laid there in the corner, I think, maybe a month. And one day I took one out and I put it in a cassette recorder. It was cassettes in those days. <laughs> and uh, 
It was good stuff. That perfect love was good stuff. Anything by John MacArthur on love and remarriage and divorce and all that, he's really good. Well, I liked it so much that I was copying tapes and giving them to all my friends. Listen to these love tapes. And that started it. So I had probably a 20-year uh, run from on Grace to You with John MacArthur. And I went down there and I met him. And I saw their church operation and stuff. And he came up here. I talked with him when he came to the Baptist churches and stuff. I'd see him. But anyway, so I was real gung-ho then. And it was like being born again a second time. I was so excited I probably drove people nuts with my tapes and stuff. So that was my second transformation. And then it's just been ongoing since then. Of course, KPTQ, I've listened to that for 20 or 30 years and I know who comes on when they come on and, and uh, when I worked on cars I could get four hours of preaching I'd usually get four or five hours of preaching in the morning and then I'd turn it off in the afternoon mull over it <laughs> take a break actually <laughs> so my newly wedded friends Diana Bound and Lee Barfneck do you have any words of wisdom to share or would you like to thank anyone on our way out Oh. I thank God for all that he's... He has been my protector through all my life. He's always been present, even if I wasn't. I thought about it this morning, and I see the hand of God in my life, but I see it a lot clearer looking back. I can look back 50 years and can see why and how things went. Yeah, I... I, I I have verses that I have written in books and stuff, and I read them and reread them and stuff. One big one that I really like is out of Proverbs again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Well... We just started a new path. We just turned another direction again. Here we go again. And we're both, uh, uh, well, I'm 71, and she's going to be 70 uh, real soon. No, I'm going back now. I'm going to be 68 next She's going backwards. (laughs) But anyway, it's late in life, but we're still going down a new path again, and we're going to trust in the Lord as we go. Yeah. What better way for love to reunite two high school sweethearts than God showing his stuff, bringing you closer to him as well as to each other. And 50 mm-hmm. years later, congratulations, newlyweds Diana Bound and Lee Barfnecht. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us to share our story. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.